Hello, is this Mr. Wood? Yeah, this is Dan speaking. Oh, hi, Darren. Uh, this is Dr. Acetate calling about your test results. Uh, let me say first off, I'm thrilled to report there's uh, nothing too major to worry about. <sighs> That's a relief. Well, your VU levels are all normal, and uh, there are no signs of decibel deficiency. However, we discovered something unusual in your blood work. Uh, trace elements of Buckley, Marconi, and uh, Credence. Uh, there are other strands present, and too many to list, really, but uh, long story short, <laughs> these are classic telltale signs of a, a rather serious affliction. Wait. I thought you said the prognosis was good. Well, uh, for the most part. uh, I'm afraid you have vinylitis. Vinylitis? Yes, uh, the official medical term is recordus horderia. Uh, Unfortunately, it's a lifelong condition. Let me get this straight. You're telling me there's no cure? Well, there is a way to prolong your life expectancy, but I'm afraid your pocketbook isn't going to like it. (sighs) Doc, just lay it on me. The prescription? More records. You've got to be joking, right? No, uh, I'm deadly serious, and please, don't call me joking. <laughs> well, a while back, there was a fella named Dan, armed with a mic and a record in his hand, with his buddy James, and we darned for days about all the killer music heard across the land. So they made a podcast of their own design, and lo and behold, was a mission to find the good. Hello and welcome to The Good, The Bad and The LP, a music podcast, not to be confused with The Good, The Bad and The Sundry, uh, a podcast about I don't know what, odds and ends, <laughs> we're all about music, and my name is Dan. Uh, you would be mistaken to think my name's Darren. I had somebody, to, uh, I think it was this week, earlier this week, I introduced myself and said, oh, oh, hi, I'm Dan. They're like, oh, hi, Darren. And I didn't correct him. <laughs> so you can call me Dan, you can call me Darren, call me whatever you want. But I'm here with my good buddy James. Hey James, how's it hey, going? Hey, good. I am. Um, how's the weather? Uh, it's not, <laughs> not too bad. No, we're not talking about the weather. Um, <laughs> just like straight straight into small talk. Yeah, no, I've, we can we can skip the small talk. I just instantly reminded me of a story about mis- mistaken names. So, as some of you know, my surname is Buttery. I don't know if you know the story or not. And I used to work in the bakery in Browns Bay. Do you remember that? I used, I used to work at Food Town. It's- I knew you worked at Food Town, but I didn't know you were in the bakery. Yeah, I worked at the bakery, and you know when you go to the supermarket, the people behind the counter have like a name tag. Yeah. yeah. And they got mine printed, and they put James Butchery. So <laughs> I was like, well, I'm working in the bakery. My surname's Butchery, and you've put Butchery on the tag. Like this is a joke. Because <laughs> I mean. <laughs> if, if, if we're going to be honest, you were in the right. Well, I, yeah, not, not right. to say you you were mm. not to not fit for your station. Mm. Yeah, you, know, you could have risen above. You could have been the manager of that place. But it's true. To have I, I always found it weird and, when people did address me by my name and said "Thank you, James," and I forget that I'm wearing like a name tag. <laughs> that would happen quite a lot. And I, I don't do that personally. Like, imagine going up to someone in a store and I don't know, it would just freak you out, wouldn't it? First, I'd talk saying your name. Well, imagine if we all had to have name tags around just yeah. in life. Oh, no. Like, oh, hello. Uh, what, sorry, what was it? Uh, hello, my name is? Mm. Oh, hi, hello, my name is. That sounds like a like a Black Mirror. Have you seen that, by the way? I, my backlog is ridiculous. I Everybody's talking about Black Mirror, and I feel like I'm missing out, but also mm. it's really overwhelming, just the sheer amount of 
things to watch and listen to and yeah. experience. So I'm kind of behind with everything. Yeah, it Especially is. Especially Black Mirror. But. It's definitely worth a watch. I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> we should, we should uh, get on with the program. So yeah, we're back for the third episode. Um, the the theme, the general theme is vinyl. I know a lot of people are quite keen to hear this one, so it's, it's an exciting one. I've got a bit to get through. There we do. Hmm. The madness, as it were. I was talking to somebody about this last week, how we all have our hobbies and our little hmm. <laughs> quirky addictions. And for a lot of people, vinyl is a huge... That's huge for almost, me. Like It's a huge thing. And it can hmm. get to the point where I don't want to say it's an unhealthy thing, but mm. it can become such a huge, not only monetary financial drain, but it's it's the obsessive part of people who like music. It sucks you. Oh, in. absolutely. I th- I think for me, it's bordering on being a bit crazy, like to the point where there's a record fair coming up next month, and I'm selling some stuff there, and I spent the last month listening to stuff, deciding if to sell it or not, rather than enjoying the music. I seem to be focusing on. Should I? You know, I'm not listening to it purely for pleasure. It's deciding if it's worthy of my collection, which is so ridiculous. But that's what I find <laughs> myself doing, and I can't. I can't. I don't know. I can't, I need to start just putting them away and listen to some records that I know I want to keep, rather than just spending time deciding if they if I should keep them or sell them. You know. Yeah, killing your darlings, mm. letting them go. I know. It's it's, and I'm like, will I regret this? Will I not? But yeah, it, it is obviously a big part of my life. Um, I was saying to Tali the other night, I think about records probably more than you know. <laughs> I think about records in an unhealthy I, I way. I hope it's not more than I hope it's not more than thinking about her. No. Yeah, no, no, I wasn't going to say that. I was going to say more than, more than you know. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, yeah, sort of. I guess we can start by talking about. Actually, before we start, I'm going to going to tell everybody that I'm drinking a really nice lager called Bliss. Uh, by a Wellington brewery called I don't know I'm showing Dan the I'm showing Dan the beer on on the camera here which is completely useless to you because and let, no one else let, can hear it. <laughs> let me let me describe to you the can. Okay, go. The can is majestic. It's kind of a gar- like a garish let's say sunset yellow. Yes. Uh, mm. a very 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 retro. It's got a lot of orange and red. Very yeah, classic. Kiwi. Well, it's not really kiwiana but it's very like typically mid It's got that retro vibe. Retro yeah. vibe. Uh, I'll describe the taste to you since you don't have one. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's Bastard. just a really, really nice light summery lager. Like it's one of those things that you could just drink heaps of, um, which is really great. I thought we're actually recording this in the evening because our last podcast we recorded at like eight o'clock on a Sunday morning. And I'm not sure if you listeners could tell, but we were both pretty tired and very hot. Um, so we thought I we'd think switch I almost, it up a bit. I think I almost fainted after the end of it yeah, from heat um, exhaustion. It was ridiculous. I think we did pretty well, but it was a bit of a struggle towards the end. So we thought we'd switch it up. And I know for me, I'm generally more talkative in the evening than I am early in the mornings anyway. So You've had the entire day to warm the brain up. and That's true. Mm. You, know, you don't want to yeah, anyway, so, try so exercise while Oh, have you got a lag there? Oh shit, the lag starts. Um. Anyway, as I was saying, yeah, this is a um. It's called Bliss. It's actually a tribute to um the the dudes. It is the dudes, isn't it? 
I have to think about that. The song. Is it The Dudes? Is it Hello it is. Sailor? It's The Dudes. No, The Dudes. There we go, second guessing myself. A uh, song called Bliss that Dan and we both referenced in the last podcast, so it's kind of a nice little tie-in. Um, just, yeah, strange that this beer came out in the last sort of week or so, so... Um, I don't know, a bit of a tie-in there, I suppose, until last week's podcast. Very apt. Good mm. timing. Before we start, you went to Melbourne, right? Yeah, oh yeah, so yeah, I've been over to Melbourne uh, since, yeah, between now and the last time we spoke even. Um, so I went over to a good friend's wedding, which was really cool. Um, 40 degrees, so it was really hot. Jesus. So I was absolutely sweating. Um, so yeah, did that, caught up with some friends, went to some amazing record stores. Uh, it was weird. I used to live there, so it was weird being back. Some things were kind of felt different, and I felt like it was on holiday, but other things felt just so, like, average, like being stuck on the tram in the heat. Like, it's just, you know, stuff like that took me back to being there. But, yeah, I mean, speaking of vinyl, I, I got some amazing records there. I, um, the guy whose wedding I went to, I met up with him, and we went into a record store, and I could see on the wall there was three grails that I'd been after for ages, and I was, like, silently freaking out on the inside, going, oh, my <laughs> God, but I had to, like be cool look around the store but i was like ah. so um <laughs> and, and what, what happened was because i was gonna knew i was gonna go to about six or seven record stores this first record store had lots of amazing things but i decided to like tone it down a bit and not spend all my money at once but i ended up not finding as many good things in the other stores and not having time to go back to the first one uh, which is this like, is part of the problem i know i was like i was trying to be the good person and like you know not spend all my money at once and hold on to it and it didn't work <laughs> as as much as you tried yeah so yeah just just i picked up do you know uh fella cootie or you would would have heard of yeah man yeah, yeah uh when i was when i was studying we did a whole big thing on him mm. i for anybody listening i studied audio engineering um and part right. of it was we got to talk about music from her uh, really cool music and uh yeah fella cootie came up yeah it's, it's actually yeah it's so it's amazing how he can be so like political with English not being his first language. Like he has this way of like not saying too much, but he gets a point across really easily. Yeah, yeah. And just yeah, those grooves. Anyway, uh, he did a record with Ginger Baker, the drummer from Cream, um, and it's like a live record, and it's just yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, I've been looking for that for a long time. That was a a grail that I'd been after, so that was exciting. Damn. Because hmm. he had a he had like the was it him who had the kind of compound. Yeah, there's a story behind that. I don't know the full story, but I remember reading about it. Um, but yeah, just yeah, amazing, amazing grooves, Afrobeat, blah, blah, blah. Um, it's been reissued, and I've seen the reissue around many times. I've been holding out for an original US or UK pressing. Could have bought it online, but just I just haven't for whatever reason. Just, you know, it's yeah, yeah. always nice to find it in the store, and it was definitely worth it for that. So that was a big yeah. one. Sidebar, uh, are you into Antibalas? Yeah, actually. Um, I was... There's a... The, one of their records just came into Real Groovy, by the way, like yesterday. <laughs> oh, I was there today. <laughs> oh, there you go. So funny. Oh, did you yeah. buy anything? I did, yeah. What, I picked you get? up uh, the first Van Halen LP. Oh, great. Uh, uh, what's on that one? Is that one with all the best songs on it? <laughs> it's just got all of the things that you'd want out of a Van Halen is that, album. That is the one with Running With The Devil, isn't it? No? Yeah, is yeah. That two? It, that's one. Yeah, that first side is amazing, I reckon, as a first, first side to go. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Uh like I don't want to steal your thunder or interject too much but I've had this app forever and I only just remembered that I had it 
Mm. It's a David Lee Roth soundboard for Android. <laughs> so oh it's, it's just ridiculous. It's just uh, because you can get the... For, uh, what is it? Running with the Devil, just yep. the audio tracks for the vocals. Right. And it's ridiculous. Like... <laughs> I used to have I think it was this one as my uh, message sound <laughs> <laughs> I feel like the message would be so disappointing in comparison to like the notification sound <laughs> I know but just like, like imagine you're in the bus and that's full volume people are like what the hell but I mean I, I'm just imagining you hit, you get that noise, and you open your phone, and the message is just someone saying "Okay, full stop" or something like that. Like it's like the most <laughs> like climatic. Get milk. <laughs> <laughs> get milk. <laughs> oh uh, man, there you go. Sorry, the ways, uh, the ways we can cheer up our lives. Uh, I know Van Halen. Uh, you, yeah, that's Android. I there you go. don't know if they have a, a Mac one, but if you. Hmm. Android folks out there want a little bit of fun in your life, just search David Lee Roth in the Play Store and you'll be bound to find it. Cool. There's, pro- there's probably like a million. I, I, there's probably like a James Brown one, surely. And there's probably heaps <laughs> just, of them. Just James Brown saying offensive things. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, back on track. So you, you picked up the Van Halen record. Did you get anything else? Not today. I have to be very careful with my spending money when it comes to the amount of records I buy, which yes, I'm sure we'll talk about a little bit. Yeah, I'm I'm I'm, a, I'm in my spare office where I work, but this is where I keep all my... because I can't fit everything downstairs at the moment. I've got all my records that I'm going to sell and records to clean and part of my New Zealand collection, so I've got a big stack of stuff that I'm going to sell. So part of me is like, well, I'm going to be selling this so I could buy something, but the other half is no, I shouldn't be doing that. But anyway, back to Melbourne. Yes, I got that, and I got that um, Charles Mingus Black Saint and the Sinner Lady. You know, do you know that oh, record? Sick. Yeah, I got an original press of that, which is really cool. So an amazing yeah, sort of like, it's like it's Charles Mingus with a big band, but everything is just so honed in and perfect, and there's just these amazing horns, and it's just I don't know, it's just a way to like conduct conduct a big band record. I don't know how to describe it. It's just so powerful. Yeah. Is that is that mid era? Yeah, I think so. Mid to late, I can't remember exactly. Yeah, it's really good. There's actually a um, ensemble down here called the Charles Mingus Wellington Band, and they play every few months. And there's about twenty of them, and they just play Charles Mingus songs for free around Wellington. Yeah, man, that'd be cool. Was um, what was that when I was down there for the jazz festival? What was that one first band? Uh, was that that pub thing? The Yeah. yeah, that was um. I think a few of them maybe maybe play in the Mingus band, but they just do they, they they for the jazz festival they do like they cover famous Blue Net records. So when we went, it was uh, Wayne Shorter, Night Dreamer, and I think there was another one I can't remember. Oh, Okay. Yeah, that was cool. You should come down again for that. Yeah, that's March, right? I think so. Yeah, it's like oh, uh, the winter. The oh no, I'm thinking of the Newtown. Yeah, you should also come down for that as well. <laughs> <laughs> I need to remember about that. Yeah, so yeah, I mean that was like two two of the highlights for me that I picked up, which was very exciting. But that's just stuff that's that a... you can buy there so easily, whereas here you would just never see that in stores here, you know. Yeah, that's. I mean, I I love New Zealand, and we have some cool record stores. But it's always thinking about the other side. The grass is greener over in Melbourne, over in Australia. Yeah, I mean purely for records. Out, yeah, I'd say so. 
all of these holy grails that you just dream about that mm. spend years trying to find and oh hey I'm in this one record store in Melbourne for you know the very <laughs> first one I hit and I find a grail like how does that happen exactly yeah I am um... I took, definitely took for granted being there. Like, I could walk around, like, one block away from my house and the, that store was there, you know, all the time. So, you you almost become a bit elitist in what you can get. Like, you go, you know, like, you pass on something that, like, you would die to get over here. Like, it's all kind of like, I don't know. The level of quality just escalates yeah, to the yeah, point where yeah. big, biggest can be choosers. Although, in saying that, um, I do find here, I've... There's, there's records I've got here for so cheap that I've seen over there for like $100. Like this one store I'm talking about called Round and Round in Sydney, in, on Sydney Road has amazing stuff, but the good stuff is priced up. Um, like a big thing that I got for me last week was an original press of Sonic Youth's Daydream Nation, which I had been, nice. been chasing it for years. And it's been a record that's haunted me because back in the days of Real Groovy, I might have told you this. I there was a copy in Real Groovy. I would have been about maybe twenty one, twenty two, for twenty bucks, like an original press. And I just I couldn't afford it at the time or whatever. I was more of a student, and I didn't yeah. want to pay that money. I passed on it, and it's like haunted me ever since. And I know the store in Melbourne has a copy for a hundred and twenty dollars up on their wall, and yeah, I yeah. found a copy last week locally in Slowboat Records for thirty five in like near mint. Jesus, so, are you kidding? No, I'm not kidding. <laughs> yeah, so, oh, that's so ridiculously good. Yeah, so it's one of those things where I find that over here there's a lot of junk, but when you do find a grail, it's always a lot cheaper than it would be in a store like the Melbourne store, which is like re- really highly curated. Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? So you, it's easier to get stuff, but they charge more. Well, even in so Groovy, I think, yeah, I think I saw... I don't know if it was Daydream Nation. Maybe it was. I saw... It must have been 120, 130 yeah, or something. Yeah, probably. Was, yeah. All of all of the legacy bands. Yeah, I know. They're priced mm. so. It's yeah. just out of reach. I know. Really. I mean, Unless like, you're willing to really invest in that money mm. or see if you can find it cheaper somewhere. For else. sure. I mean, like if if that had been seventy dollars, I probably would have paid it. <laughs> I, yeah. I wouldn't. You know, I wouldn't have paid. Well, I don't know. It's one of those things. The other, the other argument is, I don't know. Like when you're searching online, you can be really a lot more picky about pricing. But also, one thing about is going into a store and seeing it in real life. Sometimes you can be willing to spend that more because you're like, it's in my hand. It's like the physical yeah. thing, you know. But I anyway, yeah, prob- yeah, that's a problem. I have the same but- problem with guitars and musical instruments. Mm-hmm. I'll be browsing online and think, uh, eh, no, there's no way I'm going to spend that money. I get in the store, I hold the thing. It's danger, mm-hmm. danger, Will Robinson. I'm probably going to spend all my money on this thing. Mm, yeah. Just the the being there, being present, seeing it, holding mm. it. Oh yeah, but I mean, there is something to be said about going into a record store and having an experience of digging in a store and all that sort of stuff. Oh, hell yeah! And just yeah, the Should people we... you chat to. Yeah, yeah. So overall, Melbourne, good, awesome yeah. trip. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, it was good. It was really good to go to the wedding and see my mate is Anthony, who's a big, he's a friend that I met. It's a whole other story is being part of this vinyl community that I'm part of, which I met him and we both make videos and that and we talk about records and it was good to it was good to go to his wedding and see him there and you know someone that you're good friends with through music and records to see him in a, a wedding was really cool and i don't know yeah it was good awesome yeah it was um he had i, I don't know why i'm talking about his wedding because he's probably going to listen to this and go <laughs> why are you talking about my wedding um he played like have you seen master of none 
you have. Yeah, yeah. man. Love it. He He's Italian. Oh, like, he's, like, he's like it- Italian-Australian. So for his wedding song, he played a lot of these, like, sort of, it sounded like 60s and 70s Italian music, which is just really <laughs> cool. Like, it just sounds cool. Like, it reminds me of the Master of None soundtrack. Like, to him, it probably doesn't because he knows the words. <laughs> but to me, <laughs> I, I was just like, this is, this is cool music. <laughs> to him, it's probably the music he... Yeah, heard all of it, you know, throughout yeah. his childhood. Oh, it probably translates to something terrible or cheesy, <laughs> but just for me, I was like, "This sounds cool." <laughs> <laughs> nice. So, to take a kind of almost logical progression, dare I might say, of topics, let's talk about where it started. When did the bug mm. bite you? Um, probably quite late. I mean, we lived on the North Shore of Auckland. And the record stores were in sort of the city. And to get into town, it's like back then, before they had the express buses, it was like, what, 55 minutes to get into town on the bus? 50 minutes? Oh, through the bays. Yeah, I don't know. Close to an hour, wasn't it, to get in? Yeah, they're quicker now, but you're talking Mm. an hour, hour and 10 minutes? Yeah, so I mean, I didn't really go into town that often until I started going to like um, college. It wasn't even university. It was like the design college. And just the design college was very close to um, where Real Groovy, the big record store was. So I suppose I just started going in there around the time I started going to college, which is late, I think, for someone getting into it. I mean, I've been into CDs and stuff like that, but to get for someone to get into records, I suppose 21, yeah, around about 21. Maybe even, yeah, maybe around about 20. I remember for my 21st birthday, I got a, this, like a Love Will Tear Us Apart reissue. That was the first thing that I got. Wow, so um, that was your first record? first record yeah oh wow um it was yeah it was a gift from an ex-girlfriend believe it or not (laughs) (laughs) um and then yeah i mean i i remember looking at records before that but i didn't really buy any because i was it seemed so different or so alien to me not really knowing what they were this would Um, have been about 2006 right yeah 2005 2006 yeah so just before the vinyl revival so i think it was a few i think we got a few years in before the vinyl revival kicked in yeah yeah um, yeah, and I remember them buying, like, The Church. They're, like, a indie straight... They have that song, Under the Milky Way. You might know it. Mm, not ringing any bells. It's on the Donnie Darko soundtrack, if that helps anything. <laughs> I'll, you'll know, you'll it, know it when you hear like, it. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I remember buying that, and then from there I bought, like... Jimi Hendrix and Cream and Led Zeppelin and just those classic rock things you do when you're first getting into them. Um, yeah. So cheap as well. Like, I remember, yeah, my... I bought a, a Jimi Hendrix record, which I since sold, which I sold, which I regret. <laughs> when I discovered jazz, I was like, I don't need Jimi Hendrix anymore. <laughs> Who needs Hendrix? Record. And it was like some sort of early pressing of Are You Experienced? And I bought that for like oh, $10. To $10 oh. I bought that for. <laughs> And this was only like, you know, three or four years before the vinyl revival or whatever. So, it's, you know, it's insane how quickly prices have escalated. As soon as they saw a market. Yeah. And then I, I suppose I was slowly collecting on and off um, records. It didn't really massively grow until I moved to Melbourne in like 2000 and probably 11 or 12. So I was collecting slowly stuff here and there. I didn't really have a massive appetite for it. It was just, you know, whenever I got a chance to go into the record store or whenever I saw something cheap, building up the basics, all that sort of stuff. And then when I got to Melbourne, that's when I met basically the same... I started the same guy, day as the guy whose wedding I went to. 
Um, his name's Anthony. I should feel like I should refer to him with his name instead of just the mysterious person. And we started that bonding. Over, yeah, that guy. We started bonding <laughs> over like she had, and we talked about music. And he had a big record collection. Like I went to his house, and that was the first time I heard like a proper audiophile setup. Um, and we just started talking about music. He was playing me his like original tool pressings and stuff like that. And Ooh, I was like, nice. oh my god, uh, just <laughs> stuff, stuff like that. Because he, he was yeah, he'd been part of the music industry, stuff like that. Um, so he had a lot of records from back in the day. Um, and then, yeah, I was part of the vinyl community where people show records on camera, basically on YouTube. Um, and I started watching those and I learned a lot from people talking about, um, different genres and styles and, um, being in Melbourne, it was easy to go and find those records out in stores because there was, there's so many record stores, so many people. And I just learned, I just... It was like being at school. I just watched videos and I wrote record records down that were being shown. Um, I don't know. I just went through. This, I went through like four years of Melbourne of just. I felt like I was having like musical epiphanies every three months, basically. <laughs> um, and I just felt like yeah, I was just. I learned so much about jazz and prog and early electronic music and I don't know. It's yeah. It was is amazing. So it was a, your formative educational experience. I think so, yeah. So the, this thing called the vinyl community, you can go on YouTube and search it. And there's, there's now, when it started, there was like, you know, 20, 30 people making videos and I jumped on board around then and now it's over like 300 and a lot of the original people have left and all that sort of stuff. Um, so it, it's weird that when I started watching videos, I've now, all these people seemed like these are amazing, knowledgeable people that I respected and I learned so much from. And now they're all people that I'm friends with on YouTube and I'm friends with on Facebook and I talk to all the time and I've done like CD artworks with some of them and I don't know. Yeah, it's it's this whole interesting friendship thing online of these people that I feel like I'm genuinely friends with. An actual community that yeah. works. How yeah, but that? I mean, it's gotten so big now that there's like groups within groups within groups, you know, there's whole other parts of this community <laughs> that you don't even, you know splinter cells splinter cells of the same thing um so that was yeah that's when i i started i just started learning and buying more and more records and my collection jumped from like sort of 150 to like 500 in the space of like <laughs> five five four years or something like that so now, now it's about wow, six, 600 700 and then only now since i've moved i've moved back home and my collection is in two spots i've started seriously like downsizing and focusing on things i really want a lot more and selling things and getting a lot more I guess picky I think that's I think that's a respectable goal to have yeah because I mean I mean there's types of collectors in terms of there's people that go for the bargain hunt and they'll just buy something because it's cheap which is kind of cool because you can get a really big varied way of doing things or you can do you know what I mean or you can be like yeah yeah anyway you get what I'm trying to mean I suppose I yeah that's where I'm at so I'm probably at about yeah 600 700 records now and it's, That's it's pretty immense. much a fat-free collection, I'd say. Like, it's not like I have a lot of crap or duplicates or, like, it's... All killer, like no every... filler. What was that? All killer, no filler. All killer, no filler. Yeah, that's the word I'm looking for. So, which I'm really happy with. That's where I want it to be, so... Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you've got a pretty decent amount now, haven't you? It's like, getting there. Like, 200 or 100? Slowly, but surely, it's getting there. I, would, yeah. I, don't, I, I haven't counted how many I have. Last check, it might have been a few hundred. Yeah. Maybe maybe a couple hundred. 
Yeah. I'm I'm very much the same way. I've downsized a lot mm. and only wanted to keep the stuff that more or less this either an emotional attachment or I would rate as being my favorite stuff. I just yeah. want to have records that I can pull out and pull out anything and put it on without any hesitance and you know, mm. I'd listen to it. Almost yeah. like I wanna have I wanna have a record collection the same way if a good movie comes on halfway through and mm. you end up sitting down and watching the rest of the film. Like if the Big Lebowski came on and it was maybe even three quarters of the way finished, mm. I'd still sit down and watch it all the way to the end. Yeah. I'd mm. want the same thing for the records I have. I mean you can just jump in anywhere and pull out something great. <laughs> Pretty much. That'd be cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um did, you just got a really good score the other week, didn't you? I remember you telling me about this. Oh man, are we are we gonna are we gonna jump the gun and get to I, the? I don't know. I just thought of it. I was because I mean when you started talking about your records, I was immediately trying to think of what you had in your collection that I remember seeing. Yeah, oh, don't worry, I've got it written down. I won't forget this time. <laughs> okay, well we can just jump onto your side of things and where you started buying records and all that. Yeah, well, funnily enough, you're responsible. I know. You're entirely <laughs> responsible. <laughs> so this must have been. Oh, I don't know how old we were. Maybe oh, actually, you're right. Well? Now I think about this, maybe my timeline is all wrong. Because I bought, I got you that record. We would have been before 21 for sure. Maybe even 20. Yeah, actually, you're right. I think I bought you this record. Yeah, before I'd even started properly collecting, maybe. Yeah. Anyway, it's your story, not mine. <laughs> <laughs> well, basically, you... Because on that bus ride, we mentioned in the first podcast how we kind of started really getting to know each other mm. that bus ride we, we were talking about music and i learned that you were collecting vinyl mm. and thought oh wow this, this is a weird thing vinyl mm. records people yeah. do that and we became friends and down the track you know, we were always talking about your vinyl collection and having a look mm. at what records you had you might have had a house party at some point and yeah you showed me all of the stuff you had and i was yeah. fawning over it you might have had like a Black Sabbath record in there, yeah. and I was like, "Oh my god!" Actually, but I do yeah. remember that now. Yeah, mm. I, you kept on subtly trying to say, "Hey, man, this is like quite cool. Like, you might be keen to, you know, get records." Yeah. And I went to Real Groovy with you once, and it was like, "Oh man, this is this could be a cool thing," but I still couldn't pull the trigger. Yeah, and then for my birthday, you entirely got me Grace by Jeff Buckley. Yeah, which I is remember. funnily enough one of my grails. <laughs> yeah, I don't it know how ends we up, knew. Yeah, it ends up down the line being one of the favorite things I have, and I was blown away not only by the generosity but the thoughtfulness of the gift. Mm. I just thought yeah. this is like one of the coolest things I've ever gotten, and I think the note I've still got the note. It's basically, say we yeah, something along the lines of we hope this is an incentive for you to start your collection. Oh, no, I, I'd I love thought, to see that note again, actually. That would be interesting. Yeah, I'll, I'll try and track it down. It's quite cool. Might yeah. even be able to put it as a little mm. addendum to the... Uh, yeah, the I can't upward. remember if it was specifically my idea or Tali's idea, but Tali is very good at gifts, so I may have been her idea, <laughs> or it may have been her idea to get a record, and I said this record or whatever the combination was. But isn't it like an original pressing or something? It's an original pressing. There you go. See, my copy is just a weird reissue thing. Yeah, oh man, I still, that was before I went to Korea, yeah. I made sure that was the last record I listened to. Yeah, there you go. And yeah, I, I've never immense. seen an original pressing before, and like, I don't think I ever knew that it was that. Obviously, I didn't know <laughs> yeah. at the time that was it, I would have just gone into the store and just 
whatever, you know, Jeff Buckley was there, I'll grab it. I don't, it can't have been that expensive because I was still like a student, so it wouldn't yeah. have been a big deal. And that meant a lot. It was crazy. That was, for me, that was my peak obsession with Buckley. Yeah. You had at the apex of that point with that record. And go. after that, it was pretty much full, you know, I had the I had the itch to get more. So mm. when I went to Real Groovy with you not long after that, that was when I literally bought my first record, like the mm. first one with my own money. And I think it was, I was actually looking at it in preparation for this. Mm. I, I got like Jimi Hendrix, this weird uh, Johnny B. Good uh, right. 12 inch that right, has a that. few extra live tracks. And yeah. then I made sure I got some credence because yeah. I mentioned The Big Lebowski before, one of my favorite movies. And I love credence something first. So I got Bayou Country. Yep. And I only real I realized, because I, mu- I must have initially, I don't think I listened to it because it took me a long time after buying records to actually get a record player. Right, yeah, I yeah. Started co- yeah. I started collecting records before I had a record player. Yeah, so I was I the same have... too as well. Mm. Yeah. But I must have only listened to side A because years later, I turned it over to side B, <laughs> didn't listen to it, and it's the same. Oh, it's, no way. It's, pr- it's the labels B, but the actual music. side is, yeah, what? the music's pressed. And if you have a look at the etchings, it both says A at the end yeah, of it. Yeah, yeah, I'm like, God damn it. Wow, so I don't know if that's like a like yeah. a, a cool little thing to have or just a really frustrating, annoying thing. It means I have yeah. to get another pressing. It's probably kind of like, if it's a good job we didn't discover it until later because it might have put you off or something. Or if, you know, yeah, you know, like, are you kidding negative. me? Like this... This vinyl, this vinyl shit where they just yeah. <laughs> print this, press the same side twice. Yeah. Yeah. And then, then I, after that... Sorry, you're carrying going? Uh, what were you going to say? Uh, I was going to skip ahead, but I'm not going to skip ahead. <laughs> you keep going. Skip ahead. That's basically it. I, you bought me a record and I got became obsessed with it. And slowly but surely I parted with my sweet, preciously hardened cash and got I something better also, out of it. I remember it picking up i don't know if i bought it for you or something the sons of caius record sons of caius, yeah i was gonna say yeah and i think it. that's a bootleg or something like surely it's not real yeah i think so that because when you listen to it it sounds good but it kind of has that yeah almost like this is almost too good to be like yeah I, I don't i didn't know what it was at the time i just saw the record and anyway that's a whole other story that i got that from a store that's actually like really known for bootlegs which I think is such a bad thing. And they know it and they don't tell people that they sell bootlegs. <laughs> Bunch and, of bastards. Um, I, know, I know people that have bought bootlegs from there. Actually, do it. Well, I don't want to name names, but... Uh, do it. Ben, do it. ben Denmead. <laughs> he, he bought a Nine Inch Nails record from there when I was with them. And I only realized later it was a bootleg and I never told him it was a bootleg because I don't want to ruin this thing. <laughs> He's not going to listen to this. And now I think about it, it had to be a bootleg. It's like a copy of like, I think it was like a uh, pretty hate machine on like pink splatter or something, which never came out. Like, you know, so there's no, yeah, it's gotta be, but anyway, yeah, that's a whole different thing. Um, I don't know if he, I don't know if he listens to this. He might, he liked the page. So, <laughs> Oh, well, if you're listening, Ben, sorry, <laughs> like you might have, you might, if you want a legit version, you might have to spend a bit of money. Yeah. I, I've, um, I've bought bootlegs from there before. Like I bought what I thought was an original pressing of the Melvin's Houdini on pink oh, vinyl. Shit. It was a bootleg. 
just the CD uh, pressing on vinyl. But this was yeah, this was the hour where I didn't know any better. Now, now that I do. Now that you're wise in the ways, mm, too the wise. Too wise yeah. for your own good. Oh yeah. So do you want to do you want to talk about? Are we still? Is this jumping the gun talking about your pickup? It kind of is, isn't it? Uh yeah. I I mean, people who are listening are probably gonna be like, man, what what is yeah. this? Like this has to be so like massively impressive to be able to like oh, drag it's pretty it impressive. Uh, Compared to what yeah, I paid for. It. I'm 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 super stoked with it. But um, hmm. should we talk about record store day? Well, okay, so we've yeah. like talked about how we got into it, and then by the time we were in full swing, that's when the revival, as it were, the vinyl revival, really got into its full stride. Mm, yeah. I what, was you think, what have you views like on records today? Yeah, it's it's a hard one. It's um, okay. So earlier this week, I was actually listening to a podcast, and it was an interview with the owner of. Uh, Sister Ray Records, which is a big record store in London. It's sort of like an institution that had been been around forever. And he was talking about the growth in Record Store Day. And on one hand, he was talking about how it's great that you're getting all these sorts of new people in. But on the other hand, he hates that the biggest thing that sells is like a Ghostbusters 7-inch glow-in-the-dark single, you know, instead of supporting local artists or whatever like that. Um, Totally. So, I mean, that's definitely a negative. And he was saying how... Things like the Ghostbusters Seven Inch is obviously funded by a major label who will push push it through the production lines to get it to get it out, and a lot of smaller artists get you know their stuff delayed to the point where they can't get things out in terms of time of record store day because the more major labels are more important. Um, things like oh, like no. I've, I've, there's bands that have had to wait instead of waiting four months to get a pressing, they've had to wait a year because record store day means that, you know, it just ruins the whole schedule of the way things get pressed and made, which I think does really suck, and it's not really fair. Um, but then the opposite side is, you know, young people getting into vinyl, all that sort of stuff. I did I did go through a phase of, like, hating records the day of, you know, how it was, like, turning everything into a big... I don't know, yes, yeah, stuff like all these shit reissued, like, you know, stuff like... Uh, what's that movie? Clueless. That was getting pressed on vinyl for Record Store Day, pink vinyl. It was a, it's, it never came out on vinyl, obviously, it was a digital file. Um, and people, it was charging like $60, people were buying it. And that annoyed me. But then I went to Record Store Day in Wellington here last year, where I did a bit of DJing and played some songs. And... <laughs> Hey, so if you're wondering why the flow may be disrupted just a little bit, we've had some technical, <laughs> I don't want to say difficulties, they've been really nightmares. Um, we, we persevered, but basically we lost a whole bunch of audio because, you know, life is a bitch <laughs> and then you die. So we're going to try and yeah. pick it up from where we think we got up to. Yeah. I'm going to try and recreate some brilliant stories as enthusiastically as possible. <laughs> but, the, but the good news is we can now trim the fat and talk about them yeah. in a much clearer way. Hopefully. Um, so what I was saying is, basically, I did go to the last record store day here in Wellington, and I had really enjoyed it. had a really good community spirit. Uh, I played some records. had a really good fun day. got some great records. Um, it was really nice. Whereas in Melbourne, I, th- there's... I've seen instances of people queuing for hours and hours and hours and fighting over records, and it became a very consumerist thing and a lot of greed. 
stuff like that. Um, and I've even read about instances in New York where, what was it? And I mean, it was Amoeba in LA where you queue up for your records at six o'clock in the morning and the first like 30 people in the queue get given a checklist and they write on the checklist that the albums that they want to get and the store owner will go into the store and pick out the record for them and give it give it to them. So basically, you know, if you're the first in the queue, you get the first dibs and the second and third back from there. So you're not going to the store yourself, you're just getting given the records and you go up to the till and pay for them. So there's no, yeah, there's no running into the store or anything like that. You, you basically just, it's like online shopping, but you're queuing out in, in the store, which is kind of sad, you know? Yeah, I don't like that. No. Don't like that at all. No. You have to be there in person. You at least have to brush elbows mm. with your fellow humans. <laughs> um, so, do you have any crazy stories about uh, any re- <laughs> records? <laughs> it's, well, it's, can you tell? Yeah, funny you say that. <laughs> funny you should say. Do, are, there, are there any tales I could tell about record yeah. store day purchases that uh, maybe uh, went well, maybe not so well? Well, I had an interesting story to them. If I had a, does it, did they have a happy ending? Well, should we find out? We shall find out. All right. So we were talking at some point earlier about a record that I really wanted to get for Record Store Day. Uh, if you're aware of a game called Far Cry 3 on the PlayStation. I think it was on other platforms as well. I played it on the PlayStation. Not that that mm. matters. There's a DLC expansion called... Blood Dragon, amazing homage to 80s cinema. Michael Bean from the first Terminator, Alien 2. His likeness, his voice, really cool. One-liners, lame. Wait, hang on, the... who was he in those movies? He was Hicks in oh, Hicks. Alien oh, 2. Oh, really? And okay, there you go. Cool. He was, yeah, I know he is. Uh, and he was, the, he was like Sarah Connor's yeah. sex with him, but I've I forgotten how that uh, works again. Uh, what was... I can never remember. Is he the dad? I, is he the dad or is he the... He's the father of John Connor. Yeah, he's the father of John Connor, yeah. I, I can never remember what his character's name is. Hmm. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> I was going to say the, the character from I Alien. refuse to use it. I refuse to use it. Yeah, I know. It'll come back at some point. It's like so, Hux or something, but it's not It's not that. Yeah. yeah. Kyle Reese. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Bam, I just clipped my microphone. I was so excited. <laughs> So anyway. this this game, fantastic soundtrack by an Australian duo. I still think they're a duo called mm. Power Glove, electronica, almost cyberpunkish. I like to think of them as if they heard Blade Runner, the like uh, Vangelis's soundtrack to Blade Runner out of the womb, and they decided, no, we're just gonna do this for the rest of our lives. It's really cool. Love the music. I really fell in love with the soundtrack too, and managed to find a copy online that I listened to just. On repeat. Like, like so digital I found copy, out, yeah. yeah. Yeah, digital copy. So I found out for this particular record store day that it was going to be released on pink vinyl. 2LP. I think it was 180 gram. But I just thought, are you kidding me? This is mm. too good to be true. I just got into this game, fell in love with the soundtrack, and all of a sudden they're releasing it on vinyl. Perfect, right? So that record store day, as all record store days are, on the Saturday... And yeah. at the time when I was a projectionist, I was working every single weekend and I couldn't get out of it. So I was thinking, oh man, are you kidding me? I can't go to record store day. I can't pick this up. Okay. But thinking cap on, is there anybody who could pick it up? I kindly asked my mother and my sister if they could especially venture out to real groovy. 
out of the kindness of their hearts. And because they're rad, they said, yeah, sure, Dan. They go to Real Groovy, and I'm just waiting like the most anxious, fretted. I'm like shaking at the desk thinking, oh, please, please, please. The phone calls with bated breath. I pick it up. and I'm like, hey, do they have it? And the biggest sigh of it, like one of the like biggest sighs I've heard my mum kind of exhale. She's like, oh, sorry, Dan. It's not, it's not there. We tried. We really tried. And this must have been just after lunch, so... These things just snapped out quickly. Yeah, it would have been And I'd called Real anyway. Groovy earlier to see if they had it. Damn it. Okay. Well, shit. What, where, where does it leave me? Well, Southbound, the other record store at the time. Well, they could try and go to Southbound. Called up Southbound. They said they had a copy or two. Like, oh, shit. Come on, come on, come on. So another 40 minutes later, I get the phone call again. And I was sure they had it. I was like, come on. How many people want this thing? Surely not that many. Like, sorry, Dan, it's not yeah. here either. Like, God, oh, cursing everything. It's like, ah, oh, shit. And I don't know what inspired me to do so, but out of curiosity, I just did a little bit of digging, found out that it was released by Invader Records, which is what Jeff Burrows from Portishead, yes. his record company. Mm-hmm. And they were mm-hmm. relatively new at the time. And I don't know how I found it, but I found like a contact for just a general inquiries or whatever. It seemed like a really... Uh, Terry email basically explaining my situation how I loved the album and was there any potential future release that I could you know sign up for or let me know of I get an email back it wasn't even that long after even with the time difference hey listen we can tell you're really genuine and you seem like a pretty good dude if you promised not to tell anybody we'll send you the record you'll have to pay for postage and everything but we'll send it to you I was losing my mind like who does that like especially on something as hotly contested as record store day where they are limited releases and because of such fact they just get you know taken up and you don't think the record Mm. companies would really be as gracious to do that and I don't think they'd make a habit out of it I was just blown away Mm. so everything worked out and at the time it was the most expensive record purchase that I'd ever made because of all the postage do you think because obviously Far Cry Three was the game, this was the down this was the DLC of the game. <laughs> yeah. And it was the soundtrack of the DLC. <laughs> like it's not really massively well known. Like, do you think a lot of people bought that just because it was a rare record on Record Store Day? Like Maybe. I can't imagine it sold out you know what I mean? Like it's hard well, I don't know. I find it hard to believe that everyone there would have played the game and loved the soundtrack. Yeah. Well, even just looking at the cover art the cover art's rad it's yeah. super super 80s it's very alluring and you'd think okay that's got to be cool music because it's obviously emulating the style of the time hmm. that really over the top uh, like purple like neon kind of look hmm. yeah but I mean maybe people picked it up thinking oh this might be worth something at some point which would suck because man I hate yeah. people speaking of things that are worth things in the future yeah, my, my story is I asked you to pick up the She Had Churn, which is their debut record. So I was in Melbourne at the time and it was only getting released in New Zealand for Record Store Day. And uh, yeah, I asked you to pick me up a copy and I was really anxious that they would sell out. And I think you picked me up a copy, like no problems, basically, yeah? I don't remember. Yeah, easy as. Easy as. And I was really happy that you got me a copy and I came to visit New Zealand, I think it was six months later. And you gave me the copy, blah, blah, blah. I was really happy with it. Um 
Actually, the mastering is so bad on that record anyway. Like, it doesn't sound great. <laughs> I mean, it's a different story. They didn't do a great job on it. But I went to a record store down... It used to be a record store in Browns Bay that's now closed down. Uh, and they had about eight copies there just sitting in the racks for like $30 each. So it wasn't even a big deal that it's you know, didn't yeah, sell ridiculous. out. And then um, looking at the prices of it now, it goes for, you know, over $200. I've seen, you know, steel copies being sold for $200 online. Yeah, um, I almost so, yeah. I almost did a spit take when yeah. I saw it for a hundred bucks. It's like, what are you kidding me? Like, yeah, yeah, it's insane, isn't it? Just very it's, thankful it's that I have a copy. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, I think that that's that sort of rounds out. But off, I mean, we could talk about the vinyl revival a bit, or what we feel about the vinyl revival as it's been called. Yeah, I don't know, man. Like because. As somebody who basically got into it before... Like, I even remember you saying, at the time, you were kind of like, man, these, like, young kids, like, with their, <laughs> like, disposable income, they know what they have in their hands. Like, how, you know, how dare they? They just, you know, trendy little, you know... Yeah, I think it was. Like I was probably this... Uh, they probably, But, I mean, older people probably looked at me and thought, you know, who is this young kid here? You know, <laughs> like blah, 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 blah. <laughs> I know. I, um, I went to a... Deceased. It's basically there's an auction house here in Wellington, and it had bought in a a huge record collection, sort of like eight thousand records from a deceased estate. So the guy had died, and he had these records since like the sixties. And um, the guy, the the market thing, had just put them all out for ten dollars each. So you know, there's I've got some gems in there, and anyway, basically. Mainly everyone there was like a 55 to 60 year old male apart from me and another guy. So we were like the youngest people there. So, you know, all, all these talk of, you know, vinyl is a new trendy hipster thing. And the majority of people buying these records were all these older guys. And they were the ones fighting over the records. Or, <laughs> it was very, I mean, I instantly bonded with this other guy because we were the only people there our age, you know. <laughs> and you were more chill than... Yeah, the, yeah, we were. Like, I, there was one point where I was digging through a box, and there was five older guys all standing behind me, and one of them reached his hand over my shoulder into the box and pulled out a record ahead of what I was digging through. Like, oh man! I was like, "Come that on, would, how old are you?" Like, that would seriously irk me so much. It did. It did. It irked me. I mean, it, I didn't really care whatever the record. I didn't even see what the record was, but I was like, it's a principle, you're, man. You're a grown man. Like, <laughs> seriously, where's your manners?" <laughs> you know. Anyway. um... Yeah, I suppose the vinyl revival's big in a way, but it's been yeah, being portrayed as this thing for young, cool people who are buying, you know, things for the sake of buying things. But I don't necessarily see that on a day-to-day basis in record stores. Nah, not at all. The no. people I see in record stores, there's a just genuine reverence for these things. Even the young kids, and I call hmm. them kids, like we're not that old. But yeah. you know, the younger, the younger, obviously younger people in there who are maybe in their you know mid to late teens. Yeah. And just hearing them get excited over these records, hmm. like it's the excitement and it's the genuine interest that you know yeah. I think counts. Yeah, I, I assume this whole like attitude of young people just buying it because it's cool is from like the older people who feel threatened because kids are rediscovering what they had or records they used to have. I don't know. It's, it just seems such a defensive thing to. Yeah, or maybe the I fact that <laughs> there's a weird. I don't know. Like if if this young kid who has. Because I think a lot of the perception is where are these kids getting all their money from? Yeah, yeah. Like yeah, these little, in, these little entitled 
you know, millennial yeah, kids who are getting their money mm. from mum and dad and they're just going to the record store and buying up whatever they want, not realizing yeah. what they have, not even like being a part of the community, not even really liking vinyl, they're just doing it because it's trendy. And mm. like, that's, that's not true. Like, well, I'm sure it happens in some kids circles, but not, well, not sure here. It's going to, you know, this mm. is going to happen with, you know, dudes in their 60s. Like, yeah. you know, you know, anybody at any age, you can be yeah. swept up in the, the fad of it all. But mm. when you, you know, as long as kids are getting into music, who cares? Yeah, this could be worse money to be spending your money, worse thing to be spending oh, your money on, right? You know? Oh man, totally right. That's what I tell myself all the time. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, I could be buying this record, or I could be buying yeah. a twenty-piece bucket of KFC. Hmm. Yeah, exactly. I know one of them's bad for me, but yeah. one of them's also gonna, you know, mm. collect. Well, you don't want your chicken collecting dust, but you can yeah, vinyl can. It, it has become such a big thing now to the point where it's been used in like fashion and TV shows and like there's a TV show called Suits which is terrible. Don't ever watch it. But <laughs> oh, I've seen. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> the guy, the main guy, has like a record player uh, and he like claims to have this massive blues collection, but they never once show blues record or show. There's no mention of anything about it and yeah, it's like show, a Gucci. Don't tell. <laughs> a, yeah. There's a whole Gucci campaigner or someone like that of these two people that go into a record store and he's wearing the Gucci perfume and she's like smelling his neck and they're digging through these records and like it's become like, yeah, it's crossed over into like, I don't know, this thing. Have you seen the vinyl bowls and like little yeah, yeah, homework? Yeah. Like it tastes better on vinyl. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've seen those, yeah. And I've seen, I've seen like, okay, so I saw this photo recently of someone had got their kitchen and they've taken out the floor and they've put like vinyl records down the floor and put like a glass sheet over the top. So you're walking, it looks like you're walking on records. And and this guy was like really proud of it. And I was like, I feel A, it's weird to walk on records. And B, surely you'd only ever want to put records down that you'd like. Because otherwise you're yeah. going to be staring at record, shit records that you don't care about on your kitchen floor. That's just bad mojo. The feng shui of your house was going to be all off by all those bad records. Yeah, I don't know. It was very weird. But yeah, he had his whole haunted. kitchen floor. You <laughs> get know, haunted yeah. by the spirits of the deceased owners of all those yeah. records. Oh, like, no. what are you doing? I actually but like that record. You're doing it ironically. It's it's so weird. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, it's. I thought three years ago that, that the final revival would have been over by now, but it's not. It's getting stronger and stronger. And like, what do you think? I used to is? get really. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like it's getting stronger, isn't it? Or do you reckon it's over? I I definitely think it's getting stronger. I have a theory about it. Yeah, go for your theory. Well, I don't think it's a coincidence to see when sales and vinyl started to pick up. You know, when mm. the, around the time Spotify and streaming services really started to come into play. Mm. I think people maybe are realizing you, you don't know what you have until it's gone. It's the same maybe. thing with uh, audio engineering and uh, the idea of tape. Where before this shift, like oh, you know, this wonderful new world of digital, but not realizing that all of the analog gear and you know tape actually it did something sonically to the sound that actually mm. made it musical. So now yeah. everybody's like trying to get plug-in emulations of the old outboard gear and tape simulators mm. and all this kind of stuff, trying to recapture that sound. And I think yeah. maybe in a similar way, people are realizing, well, sure, I have an infinite an infinite amount of music available on my person at any point in time, but where's the ritual? Where's the actual, you know, reverence mm. to the, the thing? It's just, mm. a, it's a different experience. And I think, mm. you know, being almost being forced to sit down 
and sit with the music, it changes the way you appreciate it. Or it can yeah, do. Absolutely. It can be yeah, background definitely. music like anything else. But, hmm. you know, just an idea to bring it back less about... Uh, because music digitally, it is this ephemeral floating thing. Like, it's not mm. really tangible. No. You, you, don't, you can't go home and pick up the song. You can't pick up no. the physical, tangible mm. encapsulation of that song or an album. Where is it? It's not there. Did, did you hear about the Bruce, Spring, uh, Bruce, Bruce Willis law, lawsuit thing about his iTunes collection? Nah, what? <laughs> so he, apparently Bruce Willis spent like thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands on buying his music collection again through iTunes. So he'd have, like, <laughs> that's funny what? in itself. But apparently he re-bought it. <laughs> so, oh man. Only so obviously Bruce Willis. Bruce Willis obviously discovered iTunes and decided to rebuy everything. And be, being a multi-millionaire, whatever, he's obviously spent a huge amount of money buying everything. Then he decided that he was going to write his will recently. Obviously, he's getting older. Yeah, and when yeah. he found out that he couldn't put those, that music in his will because technically it's not a physical thing yeah. that's being streamed, he decided to like try and sue Apple or something. <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't know the ending to the story, but apparently he's very annoyed because he can't the, money, the, the music can't go in the will because it's not a physical thing you can give to your kids, you know? That's a really interesting point, though. It, it is really interesting because he's paid for it. I mean, what is ownership of, of music, you know? Yeah. If you bought if you bought the records, he could do that easily, but yeah, because I mean, you're paying for the right to stream it, I suppose. Yeah. I don't know. Oh man, it's quite interesting. Man, a, but I mean, what a, what a dope! You're Bruce Willis. You can afford <laughs> to have the most amazing audio setup in the world. Come on. I know. You can yeah. afford to own your own record of vinyl. Have you heard this stuff? <laughs> <laughs> I have. Tali bought me it once. I think I, think oh, I got no. rid of it. Um, you know who's a really big vinyl collector? And knows his stuff inside out and has an amazing setup is Elijah Wood. Oh man, yeah, I can actually, I can believe that. He's, yeah, like he, there's actually a really good YouTube video of his setup and stuff. And he's obviously got an audiophile system and he knows a lot of stuff about jazz and funk and hip hop and stuff like that. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah, I, and he I really like someone... enjoy hearing when I don't want to say celebrities, but well-known people in different disciplines, whether they're you know, you mm. know artists or well-known sports entrepreneurs. people yeah mm. when they're mm. actually secretly nerds especially music nerds it's really cool to hear yeah um, going, going back to what I just thought of something before I sort of had a bit of a it's not an epiphany but I had a thought about a few months ago about so what so I used to go into stuff like you know JB Hi-Fi sort of here it's like a chain a, a chain of like I don't know electronics and they they sell records and they always sell reissues of stuff um so they'll always have your pink floyd reissues and there's always bruce springsteen reissues and neil young reissues and there's always like you know you can buy a, a bruce springsteen reissue for like 35 dollars. and i always used to get really angry because i'm like you should go to your local secondhand store and you can buy the same record for ten dollars like why do people pay 35 dollars for it and I just, I was like, why are these people so stupid? But then I sort of had to realize that these people actually don't necessarily care about the first pressing or the original pressing. They just want it yeah. on vinyl. They don't know any different. And that's when I sort of realized, okay, maybe you're right. Maybe people just want the record. They don't care about the, you know, maybe they don't care about the price. They don't, they don't care. I care about original pressings. They don't care about original pressings. Yeah. Maybe they don't even care if it's a CD ripoff. They just, you know, it's, it's the ritual of it. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've been guilty of, getting the 
the reissue over the original once or twice. Yeah. I, um, uh, man, I, I, I feel really... I don't almost don't want to tell the story because it's so embarrassing <laughs> and just so... Oh, just it's just really embarrassing. I feel ashamed about it. You're like you are, you're there, you're part of it. <laughs> oh man, oh, uh, I'm it. part of the story. Yeah, uh, okay, I, I feel like this could go badly. I'm gonna say it anyway. I can okay, always go. cut it out. Okay, go. so you know, uh, this was the first time we hung out since I came back, and since you've been back, so yeah. I, we went to real groovy. Yeah, and we were looking through the stuff, and. I, I saw one of my grails that was like yeah. I can't I can't believe this here uh, Steel Pole Bathtub the album's right. Tulip and they had yeah. an original pressing for like yeah. oh man it must have been like 30-35 bucks and they had yeah. a whole bunch of uh, just recently released remasters with you know art book and all kinds of stuff and, yeah and for, for the same price and I thought shit my grail an original pressing I oh my god I can't believe my luck yeah. We go over the, to the turntables, and you're listening on the one to the right of me. I put it on the turntable and listen to it. I'm like, oh, man, this sounds, like, really good. Yeah. I go to pick it up and try and put it in the sleeve, and it slips out of my hand, and it goes into the, like, a little dustbin. I remember this. I remember this. In front of the thing. I'm like, oh, my God, I can't believe I just did that. Yeah. I go to pick it up. I'm like, oh, shit, like, there's, like, dust all over it. And, like, you're like... Oh, let's have a look at it. <laughs> you like pick it up, try and dust it off, and you drop it into the goddamn same thing. <laughs> like, oh my, I, I, I can't buy this thing now. I felt so bad. Like, I kind of like try to get as much of like office as possible. Put it back in the sleeve. Put it back in the thing. Didn't tell anybody because I'm no. a scumbag and I hate myself. <laughs> I was just so flustered and embarrassed. Like, oh, I can't believe I just did that. And like, I remember the, yeah. the actual, like, of all of the things to happen to, like, the actual, like, thing I've been wanting to get for ages. Like, it's on my Discogs wish list still. But, uh, yeah. so, it's like, over the months, I kept going back and seeing if it was still there, thinking, mm. oh, man, should I just get it? Yeah. And then when I went back and I was finally going to pull the trigger, guess what's not there? Yeah, it's not there. It's not there. I, I remember out. that happening, but you never told me that it was a grail. You just, I just assumed it was a, a random record. Like, no, nah, that was a grail. <laughs> so yeah. I ended up buying the uh, remaster because I was like, man, oh well. There you go. <laughs> um, um, yeah, for, a... some, for some reason, under the listing tables, they have these weird like bins. I don't even know what's in them, but they, I think they put paper in there and stuff and empty old sleeves. So, of course, the amount of dust in those bins is probably like, astronomical. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I man, hate myself. I, just, I vaguely remember that, but I was like, Half was concentrating on what I was listening to. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I just assumed it was like some cheap record. You didn't. I didn't realize it was a grail. I actually hate myself. There I'm a go. scumbag. Uh, I always so don't tr- don't trust me. If you ever know what I if you know what I look like and see me in a record store, don't approach me. Don't trust me. I will don't ruin hand me any rare records. I may drop them in a bin. Oh my god! Oh, wow. I, I always get paranoid putting stuff back into sleeves in in like record stores. Yeah, that's the first time. Like, I haven't even done that in my own house with any of my own records. Yeah. Like, I can't <laughs> believe it. I wonder if it's <sighs> because you were sort of like going, oh my God, I'm holding this record in my hand. That was like part of it. Like, you're <laughs> overthinking it or something. Maybe. Whatever it was. Uh, whoever has that record now, I'm sorry. I'm sure yeah. it sounds great. You can probably give it a wash. Yeah. Hopefully. Wow, that's a great story. I didn't know that at all. <laughs> that was definitely worth telling. Uh, it's that weird thing where it's like, you don't want to be judged. 
Yeah, I don't know. But judge me, judge me, judge me accurately. That was a. It's okay. Idea. All he did was drop a record, and it happened to fall into a, a bad place. <laughs> like, I don't know. The bad place. That's the bad place people are referring I, to. I've I've done another terrible thing. Like I've, and it happened recently. I had a, a record, if a quite an expensive jazz record by Ferro Sanders, uh, and it's like a hundred dollar record, and. It was kind of noisy, and it got to the point where I couldn't enjoy the record because I just, all I could hear was the noise. Yeah. So yeah. I decided I was going to use the wood glue. You know, like, <laughs> have you, you know that you know have you seen that theory? Like you put wood glue on it, and it, it's like yeah. PVA glue. If anyone that doesn't know, and you put it evenly over the surface of the record, and you peel it off, and the idea is the glue gets into the grooves and pulls off all the dirt. dirt. And because I'm an idiot, I decided not to test it on an old record first. I don't even know why. I'd, I've I'm a, I've been record collecting for like. 10 years I should know this stuff and I put the glue on and I leave it to dry and then when I go to peel it off it doesn't peel off cleanly it just sort of chips away so then I spend like hours trying to chip this away and then it realizes I'm like I'm like scratching the grooves oh, man. and the record's ruined like and I just had to chuck it in the bin and it was like the oh. saddest feeling having to chuck this record in the bin <laughs> and I had to go to and I remember so clearly having to throw this record that I loved in the bin. And I've still kept the, the sleeve for whatever reason. I don't know why. <laughs> you, weren't, um, you weren't tempted to use it as like a, a table mat or something? Yeah, I don't know. No, because it just reminds me of my failure. <laughs> oh, God. Anyway, oh, so then, of, of course, the next thing I did is like jump on Discogs and have a look. And I bought mine for like $40. It's five or six years ago. It's now like $120 record. So I'm like, oh, oh I'm not getting that back. So that's just, that's, see, we're not all perfect, you know. No, we're not. We're, no. I mean, if you've made it this far into the podcast, it's worth it. It's worth <laughs> it for hearing these stories, so thank you. <laughs> uh, we should retroactively add an insert at the beginning of the episode. Please stay. Please stay, yeah. because it kind of gets... For the embarrassing stories segment. Oh, yeah. Um, all right, so should we... I mean, we're getting on in time. Is there anything that we want to cover specifically? Um... I mean, there's stuff that we can kind of pick up in a later episode, maybe. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, I mean, we can. There's a whole this bunch is of a stuff. music podcast, but we're going to come back to it eventually, anyway. For sure. I mean, yeah, I was just looking at our notes here, and there's quite a lot of stuff that we could definitely. Yeah, I mean, um, since we're talking back. about since we're talking about Grails, and like, I'm kind of getting a bit excited talking about all of these, you know, awesome records that we either have, we don't have the ones that we want. Um, yeah. Should we just talk about just the idea of Grails? Yeah, I mean spin off from there so the concept of grails yeah i mean for me there's grails and there's like holy grails so there's like you know the top five and then there's like the top 20 and yeah, everything yeah. else from there um a hierarchy of grails yeah and i mean it's it's weird like the stuff for me like five or six years ago there's records that i never ever thought i would get and they'd be holy grails and i found like four of them at the seized estate sale oh man um for, i mean i've actually got them in my hand am i going to show you one show me right here uh, these are like New Zealand records. Um, da, da, da. One sec, where do we start? You may recognise this cover here. This is by The Great Unwashed, which is a split oh, off of The Clean. So obviously the pun on the name is being called The Great Unwashed versus yeah, The yeah. Clean. Like it's kind of like the opposite. I um, as, a, as a fan of puns, I appreciate the, uh, the sentiment. Yeah, so that's obviously like a Andy Warhol type cover. Yeah, it's like a... That's a really cool cover. It's like the clean, but without the. It's like this, like almost like folk stripped back, bit psychedelic, weird record. That's very cool. Um, and then there's a record that I'd heard about. 
and I'd seen one copy only in Melbourne for $700 and it's like a post-punk record and it it's it's musically it's nothing amazing like it's just it's just so good because it documents like a the local Wellington post-punk scene and um what's Peter Jackson's wife called Fran Fran Walsh she's in it and she oh you kidding yeah and she has banned it from ever being reissued because she hates herself being on it Oh man, that's so good. She, that's juicy. So she, she obviously she was like a younger punk or whatever, and she's got <laughs> some attitude on it. So she, so anyway, this record was only ever pressed in like small quantities, and like no one will ever be allowed to whatever, you know, repress it. That's blah, a shame. Blah, blah. Um, and yeah, the album's called Four Stars. It's got a really great cover. So that's the cover there. If you can see wow. that, really cool. Um, but I yeah, recommend captured- you googling. Four stars yeah. just to see the cover. It's really cool. Yeah, really cool. Um, Almost like a yeah. cons- like a weird constellation. Yeah, type it's of- all like screen printed and stuff. Anyway, um, so yeah, it's basically a comp of like the local post punk bands. Like it's good. Like it's really good, but it ca- it only fetches like a seven hundred dollar price tag f- for its rarity, or maybe because of the story behind it or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, Anyway, so it's like a record. I was like, oh, you know, I would like to get it one day, but I'm not going to spend big bucks on it or whatever. So at the Deceased Estate sale, I was going through the boxes there and for some reason it was just sitting there for like $30 and for some reason no one else had seen it no one else had picked up on it. So I was like, what the it's fuck? Like, it's like surely, surely there yeah. would have been somebody there yeah, who well, would have appreciated there was. it. Like, I know two record store owners were there and they didn't, obviously must have just... In, in the whole like rush of everything they must yeah, not have yeah. seen it so I was really happy that's something that you know I, musically it's it's not amazing like I said before but it's just cool, cool to have that that was a really good one man what a score yeah this is a cool one another post-punk one here um, you've probably seen the cover it's oh, been yeah, reissued yeah. yeah this is oh, like wow. an original of that so that's really cool mm, oh, good sick. shape yeah I mean that's another New Zealand grail did, we, did you mention the name of it? oh uh, no <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, just for builders. those just for those people Sorry. listening, it's <laughs> <laughs> just becoming a YouTube video. <laughs> um, the, the album's called Builder. Uh, the album's called Beaten Hearts by the Builders. You can get the reissue of it on Capture Tracks. It's, it's a really good uh, post punk record. But yeah, I don't know. Grails. It's um, it's weird. Like I do feel like things come around to me sometimes. Like the the, the Sonic Youth was a Grail, and I got it recently. Um, I don't know. Yeah, it's it's a hard one. Would There's you say more that? More stuff. Yeah. Would you say that for you, just the, the very idea of the Grail to have something that one day you might stumble across is a, a pass <laughs> across. Yeah. Is that like a huge motivating factor for your love yeah. of vinyl? Like I, su- I suppose it could it? be. Yeah, I mean, there's always certain stuff that I look for when I dig, which I suppose are Grails and stuff like that, and then yeah, and then sometimes things pop up. Uh, there's a lot of records that aren't necessarily grails, but I just never see. And then when they do pop up, it's really satisfying. Yeah. Um, there was a grail. You should check this out, actually. The The album's called E2E4 by someone called Manuel Gosching. It's basically the first techno record, but done in the 70s by a German guy. But it's it's amazing, yeah. Well, of course it was should, a German guy. <laughs> you should write that down. Yeah, it's, 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 and it's really good. Like It's not just good because it was proto-techno. It's a, it's a really good record. E2E4? And, E two E four and the cover's like a chessboard and the guy's called Manuel Gotching. That's everything about that's so German sounding. Yeah, I know. Um, it's probably not really a Gotching. I don't know how you pronounce it. Anyway, 
there was an original copy of that on... This, it got reissued last year, so when I got it, it was a $400 record. It got reissued last year, and now the value has gone down to 120 bucks on Discogs just because, obviously, the reissues become easier to get, so there's less demand for it, so therefore the price yeah. comes down. Anyway, I for me, that was a massive deal, and I traded a whole bunch of stuff and got like $320 worth of trade items and then spent you know, whatever it was, 60 bucks, 80 bucks, and got the record. So nice. in a way, it took the edge off, but it, the idea of spending $400 on a record is stupid for me. Like, I can't justify that normally. Yeah. But I got a trade, and, and, and I've, yeah, you know, it's one of those things. Trading definitely bit... makes these high-valued yeah. grails significantly more yeah. palatable. And I think even the concept of, like, the more you used to spend time with a record collection your idea of what you would spend probably does go up a bit more as well. Like, yeah. I remember buying uh, My Bloody Valentine Loveless, the first creation pressing, for, like, $60, and that was so huge. That was so huge back then, and I was thinking about it for days, and I was really nervous about ordering it and, you know, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Whereas now, with prices going up and more and more things, that's probably not as big of a deal. Yeah. It's you funny know, so. you should say that, because even now, for me, the idea of spending like $90, $100 on the record. For me, that's still just kind of like, oh my God, I can't believe yeah. like, it. Yeah. I've only done it a few times to that level, but like, mm. I'm just, every time it's like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm doing this. Like, I feel so bad. Yeah. But mm. the whole tr- like trade-in thing definitely makes it like easier. Yeah, I think for me, when I realized that I could trade stuff in, it, I, I managed to get a lot more of my grails because I did do the trade-off. And like, I went to that, the record store in Melbourne, I traded stuff and almost every time I went there, I took stuff in with me, yeah. Um, because I, I feel like as a record collection, it should be an evolving thing. Like you know, you it's like a living, breathing thing where you know your taste change. You can sell stuff. You know, mm. you buy things you don't love as much as things you do like. You know, you like discover new genres. Like you know, I think it's kind of a good idea to have something that can be fat free, but also yeah, changing. I mean, it's a, it's a really great way of curating the collection as well. If mm. you're picking up records that you like but maybe aren't into, they're mm. there that you, you know you can get your enjoyment of them and then trade later and just keep yeah. the really awesome stuff. Yeah, like I at that to Caesar State sale, I picked up nine Neil Young records, and I was excited to have nine Neil Young records. But after listening through all of them, I was like, I only probably need four, four or five of these, and even then, that's still a lot of Neil Young records to have. <laughs> <It is. laughs> you know? There's a so, lot. I know, and even then, I can probably push it down to three that I really, really love. So yeah, that, that, that's something that I can sell at the record fair, and I've made my money back. But I've managed to listen to these other records I didn't know before. So yeah, yeah, that's the balance. Hey, what's the cool. Holy Grail in your collection? Like, the is there like a good story behind any of them? Uh, I sort of told some good stories in terms of like um, the two I mentioned. I'm just gonna have a sneaky, quick look behind. On my, no, I, my, my Discogs. I can see the white light of Discogs reflecting in, your... <laughs> reflecting in my face. Yes. It's uh, like staring, staring into the face of pure bliss and or a black hole. I'm just, in, I'm just looking money. through. Um, uh, yeah, there's, I mean, there's, a, there's... I'm trying to think of absolute grails now. It's It's hard. I'm just looking through stuff that I... I mean, I mean, that was my main story was, yeah, trading up for something I really wanted was the, the way to do it. Um, yeah. I, I guess not really. I can't think of anything on, on the spot. Yeah. I can... Um, oh, I actually, can no, I've, I've, got, I've got a story. 
Sorry oh, to me. cut you off. And it's kind of a funny story. Um, there's this uh, Brazilian record um, called Force of Bruta by Jorge Ben. And he's like a... It sounds almost like a Brazilian version of the Beatles in a way, but it's it's a really cool record. And that was a grail for, for like years, for years to get an original pressing of it. And because it's a Brazilian record, they're never in the greatest shape. Um, just because you know the record stores are dusty and hot there, and they're always beat up and stuff like that. Yeah. So, yeah. I bought a reissue of it in the meantime or whatever, and that it was a four men with beards pressing. It wasn't great, and on Discogs, two two copies, two mint copies popped up online um, from a seller in Italy. So my friend Anthony, I knew was after a copy, so I said, "Do you want to do a joint order, and we'll we'll get two copies of this in?" And it was expensive. But it was a really good price for being a mint copy, for for what it was. Hmm. So I started messaging the guy, and he was just being a bit dodgy. He wanted me to do like a mail order, like a, a bank, a wire thing. And he was like, "Oh, I just want to avoid the Discogs fees." And like, I don't know. I just got this really. I don't know if it was like a translation thing, or I just got a really weird vibe off the guy. Um. So man, this record was like 120 bucks, you know, each for the two copies, it's and this guy strange. was saying like. Yeah, so anyway, um, the guy was saying, yeah, these were his grandfather's collection and he doesn't really know what they are. Like, he just wants to get rid of them, blah, blah, blah. Um, his name was like something, what's like the most Italian name you can think of, like off the top of your head? It Mario? Yeah, it was like, yeah, it was like Mario, <laughs> Luigi. Oh, God, it's so rude. Pepperoni Is or that... something. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> anyway, so, so. I pay the money. He's like, yeah, yeah, cool. I'll post it. I'll post these records. So he says they're posted. And in my head, I'm like, oh, I don't know. Like, you know, I'm freaking out. They're not going to arrive. The records finally arrive and they arrive from Italy in a pizza box. That was the packaging. (laughs) And I'm like, what the fuck? And the pizza pizza box was all like damaged. And it had like an Italian, I remember it had like an Italian flag on it. Like the most like Italian pizza box ever. Like it was like, you know, red white and green. Yeah. Then I open up the pizza box and inside the packing is like made from pizza receipts. Like they're all like receipts, like receipts <laughs> from like pizza orders. And there was like hundreds of these like receipts inside this pizza box. <laughs> and then the record, the records were inside. So they were there, which was good. And they had like seam splits along the top where obviously he hadn't packaged them properly. Uh... Now I didn't mind that much because the records were mint, like they were as described. So I didn't yeah. complain about that, but I just thought it was ridiculous that I got from Italy. I got my records delivered in a pizza box packed with receipts, like <laughs> stupidest thing ever. So that's, that's another story behind a grail. That's, that's kind of fun. Oh man. I just can't imagine <laughs> going to pick up your package and that's in front of you yeah it's like a pizza like, box I don't know like you have to be thinking is this guy taking the piss or is this legitimately mm. like how he does things yeah I don't know mm. maybe in his mind he's like you know what <laughs> Italian pride yeah I don't know maybe it's the best way to do know. it but yeah I don't know, just an oily it wasn't even a new pizza box either I could tell it had been used <laughs> well loved well yeah I mean to talk about your one for this week I think the one for this week? Yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry, you know, whatever it was last week, whenever you... Oh, yeah, the 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 so-called, like, grand thing that we've been harping on about for mm. most of the... Uh, not most of the episode. So, this was a few weeks ago now. Mm. It, the weather was terrible, so... Uh, the rainy day, I was at work, and something I do every day 
habitually is I check the real groovy secondhand stock list that they update online. This is my big dangerous thing. Because if I see something on there mm. and there's any interest, I'll just walk in my lunch break and more or less buy it. So mm. this is kind of, uh, we didn't really touch upon it that much, but kind of like how you go about getting your records, like either shopping online or crate digging or yeah. like, I'll, you know, I'm a little bit of column A, column B to column Z, you know? So I'll do a bit of everything. But this is how I like to almost justify the diligence of my spending. So there's still the thrill of it, you know, potentially being gone, which has happened so many goddamn times. Like mm. the stock list will be uploaded in the morning. I'll rush there at lunch at like 11.30 and it'll be gone. I'm like, are you mm. kidding me? Like just, you know, pure luck. So either other people are as OCD about checking it as I'm I am, sure they are. and or they just magically, you know, luckily stumbled upon it, and it could have been one of the grail moments where, like, I mm. can't believe all of a sudden this record's here for me. Yep. So a few weeks ago, I was checking the stock list, and a record I've been trying to get for... Man, this must be going on, like, five or six years now. Yeah. it's mm. re- I've been trying to get it for so long. Talk, talk, Spirit of Eden. I've been mm. trying to get that sucker in original pressing. And I've it's ne- I've never seen it in the wild. Like, I yeah, have Color... Yeah, mm. I have Color of Spring. That's easy. Yeah. That shows us heaps. Great record. Yeah. Mm. But I've never seen an original um, Spirit of Eden. They've had the reissues. Mm. But I've heard really mixed things about them, how they're just yeah. not really great pressings. Yeah, the dynamics aren't great on them, apparently. Yeah. So, I have a look on the stock list... And it says 15 bucks. I'm like, nah. Yeah. Nah, nah, nah. You're lying to me. This is not... Yeah, I wouldn't believe that. Yeah, because I I double-tagged. I thought, oh, it's just another color... Wait, it's not color of spring. Are you you shitting me? Spirit of Eden? So immediately I thought, okay, either someone's made a huge mistake or there's something potentially wrong with it. Hmm. So I, you know, it's pissing down with rain. I get my umbrella and... It's almost as humid as it is now. So we're like almost like 100% humidity. We have been for the past couple of days. It's really uncomfortable weather. But add rain into that and you're just so uncomfortable. Mm. So I'm like getting getting wet and I'm running to see if it's there because I only have an hour. And I get there, have a look. Holy shit, it's there. An original UK pressing. And on the label with the price tag, it says noisy. I'm like, are you Uh. kidding me? So... I'm like, shit, well, I'll go and listen to it, hmm. put the needle down, and yeah, it's a little bit noisy, but it's, it's not, not nearly as bad as I thought it would be, and thought, well, yeah. shit, cool. So I'm really stoked, I get it, hmm. go home, put it through the, you know, put it through my setup, listen through the speakers, and I don't even, the noise isn't even that bad, really. Yeah. It's hmm. really not that bad, like that uh, Mark Hollis record that you got me. Yeah. It's not no, it's not noisier than that, and no. you know that's quite a quiet dynamic record. Yeah, but holy shit, I it's got amazing, it! I like, I yeah. got it! Like I finally mm. have it, and it sounds and like it's just dynamic and lovely, and you know it's yeah. as great as I thought it would be. I, I paid like ninety dollars for mine, and mine's not even mint or anything. Yeah, I mean, mine's in, the packaging is like goddamn mint. Like, yeah, I mean. Next time you're down, I've got that ultrasonic cleaner, so you should just bring it with you and we'll clean it as well. And that oh, should make sick. a difference. So it should be mint. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm so stoked. That's like one of the happiest, you know, mm. purchases I've ever found. And I mean, there have been 
times where I've you know just stumbled upon it. But to me, that's mm. like because I haven't always done the stockless thing. I haven't always been that meticulous about it. But there was just something about the past. I don't know, a few months or so where I've started to like ramp it up and mm. because you don't want to like, there have been times where I've spent so much money just by stuff appearing on the stock list. I've taken mm. breaks from it yeah. and I could have easily have missed that just by yeah. being like, you know, spending too much on records, but it just, mm. went right place, right time, found it. Yeah, I haven't looked on that list in ages because I mean, for me, I don't live there, but I can go online and order yeah. it if it is, but I just, yeah, stay away. <laughs> yeah, that's, can be I very mean, addictive looking yeah, at I mean, list. I, I picked up a record today because of that goddamn list. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Cool. All right. Are we uh, about covered, I think? That was a really good chat, I think. Yeah. I mean, is there like, getting to your head, is there like one record that you just wish that you could have more than anything in the world? Oh, I don't know. I can't think. I, I believe it or not, I've actually covered off so many in the past couple of years. Uh, I'm just going to do a sneaky want list. Have a look. Uh, there probably is. Uh, probably just trying to think off the top of my head. Mm. So I mean, like, there's a there's a, a UK jazz saxophone player called uh, Joe Harriet. Actually, yeah, some of the UK early UK jazz stuff I'd love to get. They'd be a big grails for me. Um, but they're you know like two hundred three hundred dollar records. Um, yeah, a guy called Joe Harriet has some amazing records. Um, I'd love to get something like that. But yeah, they're very expensive. Trading in most of your collection. Yeah, I don't know. I just, you <laughs> don't even see them. That's the thing. It's not yeah, even yeah. like I can uh, do that. Uh, plenty. I'm just trying to, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, you know. You'll get there eventually. No, <laughs> like, no. It's like, just, yeah, like, is it that feeling that I'll probably at some point pick this up? Yeah, I'm just looking through my list and trying to find something that I won't ever, you know, you never pick them up at some point. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I can't, I can't think. Something like, no, yeah, I can't. There's nothing completely obscure that I'll never see. What about you? There must be some things. There's something that I know it like very seldomly comes up, but I just can't justify spending that much for it, even though I really want it. It's... Mm. Uh, I think, um, yeah, it's truly, I think the album's called Fast Stories from Kid Coma. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that's, like, I think 94. So kind of like yeah. early 90s grunge, but almost like, I don't want to say, like, the best kept secret that nobody knows about, but it just mm. feels like one of those albums and bands that went under the radar. Yeah, yeah. I remember you telling me about this. Yeah, yeah. it's, it's almost, I, I like to think of kind of like mm. psychedelic grunge. Like yeah, really, I love it. It's such a cool album to me, and I want that album so badly. I think it was on Sub Pop, and every time I see it, it's like three hundred bucks or something. I'm like, oh god, it's insane, isn't it? Like, where do you draw a line? Yeah, because there are certainly albums that even now, there's I'm trying to get the Batman Forever LP, the soundtrack, Mm. because they didn't actually release that. It was a promotional copy that they sent out to radio stations so it's like a mm. white label with a green sticker on the front and right now there's one on discos for 50 us and i'm like yeah. man i like I, I need to get that at some point but it's like because i know i've seen it way cheaper from that than yeah that. yeah and it's like, like the oh. principle of it yeah i do that all the time it's like i've seen it cheaper before so that's what i want to pay <laughs> 
Yeah. Even if even if it was like ten years ago. Yeah, I mean, I've done that and missed out on things, and now they never get back that low again. It's like, when do you mm. actually pull the trigger? When you draw the line? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm just looking through my list now as you chat. I am listening to you, by the way. I mean, something like the Lost in Translation soundtrack that goes for two hundred and thirty dollars now. Oh man, I know, and that came out like, two thousand three. Is that because it's like of scarcity, or just because it's it, it's good? It is really good. I don't know if you ever heard it. Um, it's just got this yeah, a really dark feeling to it. It's got yeah, like uh, air on it. My bloody Valentine, uh, Phoenix are on there. Um, yeah, I don't know, look, look, it's just a really weird dark soundtrack. I don't know, just like Honey by Jesus and Mary Chain is on there. It's just a really well done soundtrack. Yeah. Um, that's probably a sort of grail, I think. But like, I, I mean, mean, they only have the one pressing. Uh, there's a few the one pressings. Um, there's a couple actually. There's, I'm just looking now. I haven't actually looked in a while. There's probably like a 2017 reissue I don't even know about. Yeah, see, there's unofficial pressings. There's yeah. so many unofficial pressings. But I mean, of it. you don't want that. No, I don't want that. And then in terms of like a non-compilation, there's this record that. Uh, you should definitely check out. It's a Flying Nun record called At Swim Two Birds. And it got reissued in 2016 by Captured Tracks. And it's just this... Uh, it's a record that came out on Expressway, which was like the weird cousin of Flying Nun, the small, more experimental side of it. And um, it's just this weird, like, avant-garde noise, bizarre, ethereal record. Um, it sounds like nothing else that came out in New Zealand. Anyway... Uh, original presses of that are like the cover is handmade and photocopied and glued together, blah 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 blah, and that that goes for like 150 bucks or something like that. But wow. it, I'm not in a massive rush because I've got a reissue, but I would love to get an original of that. That'd be very cool. Um, there's a copy in Napier for 165 now. <laughs> yeah, so, so that, that's another one. <laughs> that's another one. Um, That'd be a big grail. But again, it's one of those things where I've got the reissue, so I'm not I'm not dying, you know, yeah. for it. You're not you're not flailing around in the musicless sea. No, exactly. And it's not like, yeah, exactly. If it was, like, not available online, oh, I don't know, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. So uh, oh, actually, just a quick story. I actually pick, um, picked up another grail. It came in the mail a couple of days mm-hmm. ago. Grail in the mail. Say. Yeah, so there's a band called China... And in 2001, oh, yeah. I think it was, they released an album called The Egg. One of my right. favorite albums ever. Yeah. Re- I think it was in 2010, they did a, because it was never released on vinyl at the time, they did a remastered uh, release. And right. I I kept on putting it off, hmm. even though it was one of my favorite records. It's like, oh man, but like shipping's going to be so expensive. And at yeah, the time, I, I wasn't like making heaps of money. So I hmm. put it off. God damn it. Well, you know, what would happen? It just, they sell out. So I yeah. spent years just, just trying to find that thing like at a reasonable price and couldn't do it. And it wasn't even, you know, it was must have been a couple of months ago. I just thought, I wonder, just out of curiosity, like I wonder mm. if, you know, I'll, I'll just see what it's, you know, if it's online or anything. And I find out that they're doing a, a this, I think it's a, uh, I can't remember what country, but that like a, you know, European country was a label there was doing a limited edition reissue right. of the reissue. Right. So yeah. I was like, oh shit. And it's because the original cover's yellowish, orangish. This one's green. Mm. Right. So it's the egg on, you know, green. Mm. So they had like the green limited edition vinyl, then just like straight black, 
all green sold out, but I managed to get a black. So I'm yep. stoked that I got a second chance cool. to get that one. That's awesome. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. I This is not related. This is another side topic thing. I saw on Spotify today you're listening to something called your top tracks of the year or whatever it was. Yeah. yeah. A playlist. Oh, and man. on there it was like your top track was like, or second track was by Dead Cross. Yeah, yeah. And it was that song, Bella Lugosi's Dead. Yeah, yeah. Do you ever hear the original though? Yeah, Bauhaus. Yeah, so good. That track, And I listened to the Dead Cross version. I was like, this is kind of cool. I really like it. I, I dig that album. I, I really mm. like the cover of Bella Lugosi's Dead too because yeah, it's got it's this really cool. weird catch. It's like, to me, the original song is cool and gothic and it's very mm. catchy, but they just distill it down to this really short, punkish mm. yeah. spin I mean, that. I love it. The whole intro gets cut down a fair bit. Yeah. That was cool. And Mike anyway. Patton doing his, you know, his usual thing. <laughs> mm. Yeah, it's very cool. Cool. All right. Uh, yeah, plenty of grails, plenty of records, plenty of years to come of finding them. I'm still, yeah. we're still young. That's the thing. That's the thing. As we well, are. You know, like, they yeah, will come. Grails do come. Yeah. Who's to know what wonderful records we'll stumble across in the, in the yeah. even, not, not even years to come, the months to come. Who yeah, knows? I mean, who knows when the bubble will burst and records will drop down in price again, or, you know, that goes to say, the value of your own collection will probably drop and rise and drop and rise. Yeah. As opposed to what the stores are. Like, you know, we don't know. Yeah. My copy I mean, of <laughs> the Ricky Martin self-titled, man, one day, one day it's going to be worth <laughs> it something. Be. It might be. But I you know mean, what? It's priceless to me. Yeah. <laughs> the thing is, that's the thing. Like, say if a record is so rare that only a hundred people know about it, therefore it's very expensive. When those hundred people die, no one knows about it. It's not worth anything. So therefore it's no one wants to buy it. Like it's, you know, if, a if, weird an, thing. if a if a cultish <laughs> rare record falls, I, I was going to try and do the whole yeah, forest thing. Yeah, you get what I'm trying to say. <laughs> we get we get what you're trying to say. Cool. Wrapping it up. Uh, yeah, we've you know yammered on a bit. Yeah, I think cool. that, I think we you know there's there's so much more to talk about and we'll get there eventually. But I think that was a good distillation of you know what is at least at the forefront of our minds. Yeah, currently. right now about vinyl. Yeah, it's an cool. addiction, man. It's a yeah. It's a terrible, terrible affliction that I love dearly. <laughs> yeah, so we've been trying to do it every two weeks, but it's ended up being sort of every three, just because we're having teething problems with the editing and stuff like that. Yeah, um, and, um, just just on the editing front. So if you're listening out there, this is a bit of an experiment that I was thinking about doing. So I'm editing these things at the moment, and kind of being a bit ruthless with it but I thought maybe for this one I might try and leave it relatively untamed unedited with all of the stumbles like you just heard there just mm. to see you know what it would sound like so within reason kind of leaving it as is so just a, an experiment so you can let us know on the Facebook page mm. to what you think if you like the super slick edited out non-stammering version yeah, or the the more naturalistic one where we're humans and you can hear us make foibles like humans do can we leave in the whole bit where we realize that we haven't recorded the last 20 minutes because it hasn't oh. been working properly well i mean with, <laughs> within reason james within reason <laughs> yeah that was that was, that was fun that, that yeah, was that a was fun, fun experience realizing that, fun that experience. we you know talked for 20 minutes and hmm. we had to do it again I, I, i've done it before like i i've said before i make youtube videos and i have a youtube channel I've sat behind a camera for 25 minutes and explained why I love these records and then realized I never hit record at the beginning. <laughs> and to do it again with the same amount of passion is just not, you just can't, can't yeah. do it. 
And saying that though, I feel like we uh, we adequately recaptured the passion of just that little segment that we yeah we, we did. Redid. <laughs> yeah. Uh, cool. All yeah, right. Let's fun. wrap it up. It was cool. fun. Thank. So thank where you. can uh for just talking about your YouTube videos, where can we find you? Uh, you can find me on YouTube on the internet. Uh, if you just search James Buttery eighty seven on YouTube, you'll be able to find me. I just recently put up a fifty one minute video as an experiment to see how it went, and for some reason it got a huge amount of views, over a thousand views. Absolutely, I, I thought no one would watch it. Who wants to listen to me t- show records for fifty one minutes? It was good. I was eating my breakfast did you, and did, yeah. Did you watch the whole just, thing? Yeah, I was like eating my breakfast in the weekend. I was like, man, this is fun. Oh, there you go, fifty one minutes. Yeah, it was a cool experiment. So I did not expect that to work at all, but it did. So there do we it go. For an, do it for an hour and a half. I know. You know, I could have. I actually end up... There's actually more to that video, but I <laughs> split it into two parts. There's, there's a next part coming on the weekend. There's no crazy time limits on YouTube now, are there? No, there's not. It used to be... I think if you have under a certain amount, you can't upload over 15 minutes or something weird like that. Yeah. Um, but they're doing this whole thing now... With like, I know I, I once tried to monetize my videos, but I didn't get anything for it, so there's no point. But if you have like forty thousand hours or under, you can't get monetized anymore. What? Um, that's yeah, bit, so that's a bit lame. Like for me, I've been going for like you know five or six years, and I've got a lot of views, and I I've, I've just got forty k anyway. So they're gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see. Obviously, advertisers want to refocus more rather than spreading their ads over random people that don't get that many views. Yeah, it's interesting. Like Thang once said, let the money roll right in. Yeah, it, 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 I, don't, I don't think I'm going to even... You have to have stupid amounts of money, like stupid amounts of views to even you know, yeah, yeah. scrape you, the, you have to, scrape the You have to be your Logan Pauls of the world. Yeah, oh my God, that, that guy. Scumbag. Jesus yeah. Christ, I know. And on anyway. that bombshell... <laughs> 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 how did we get here, Logan Paul? I don't even oh, think man. most people will even know who he is. I don't even know how I know who he is. I think oh, man. Yeah, he's a terrible, terrible, terrible human being who should know better, but he's young and he's emblematic of this generation and all of its problems and all of the problems of its forebearers. Mm. We're we're all problematic, really. But he's especially yeah. problematic. Alright, let's just end this. Let's just this, do, this, do the cut. let's let's unfortunately use a terrible, terrible phrase and pull the trigger. Pull the trigger. In this thing. Talking about Logan Paul and his insensitivity. Yeah. <laughs> You should we're just say that. No. Can I just we're, say... We're, we're to cut that out. <laughs> no, what you should say... No. What you should say is, let's just pull the trigger and it cuts to the to the audio at the end because that's like the whole cowboy, you know... Like, it is. Pull the trigger. That's the, that's it the is. way to end it. We should. But first, before we do that... Lots of before we do that. Yeah. We're, we're, we're so good at this. <laughs> so... Yeah, just thanks so much for listening. You can find us at The Good, The Bad, The LP on Facebook. Podbean... We're on yep. there. We're on iTunes as well. We still haven't figured out how to get the the image of our Oh, yeah, logo we did talk about that. We did. <laughs> <laughs> we hope you enjoyed it. Uh, stick yep. around and we'll come back with some interesting topics of conversation. We might even get some guests on soon, maybe. Yeah, that's the plan. Or I'm Actually, I'm not going to speak before I confirm Yeah, let's, let's keep that as a surprise. <laughs> cool. All right. I, thank you, guys. See you Catch later. you next time. Who's going to pull the trigger? Me or you? You're pulling the trigger. <laughs> You're waving. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Oh, God.